0: Support for this podcast comes from Blackline and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Thomas Darmgartner, CFO of Fristopina Medtech PLC, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 230. How as a finance leader are you, driving, are you driving change, change in your organization? organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode we speak to Michael Waxman Lenz, CFO of Undertone, a digital agency specializing in deep brand engagement.
1: We bought this company and within an 18 months period the technology of phones changed. It moved to what we all know today as, you know, real music, true tones at the time. And now the music labels wanted 50% of the revenue the carriers took 40% and we were stuck with a low margin business and from the acquisition to shutdown it was 18 months and so you know this was a real learning experience for me to see how the interplay between setting up operations learning a business and you know technology just evaporating a business very quickly how that affects you i always say you know as a finance department you're usually the first, at most the second in the business, but you're definitely the last one out.
0: Listen to our complete interview with Michael after these words from our sponsor. Many accounting and finance professionals are facing a sizable obstacle these days. In this age of data enlightenment, Their financial close processes leave no time for data analysis, the very activity that opens the door to new opportunities and career advancement. Blackline has the answer. By automating, centralizing, and streamlining financial close operations, Blackline customer organizations are now ready for the data-centric world, allowing their finance and accounting professionals to open the door to new opportunities. To learn more, visit Blackline.com forward slash CFO. Hello, we're speaking to Michael Waxman Lens, Chief Financial Officer of Undertone, a digital ad tech company. Michael, welcome.
1: Hello, Jack. Very nice to meet you as well.
0: Well, good to have you with us. And uh, we want to learn something about Undertone today. It seems such like so much is going on in the in the digital Agency arena and uh, ad tech companies are really uh, changing the game there. But first, what were those career experiences that prepared you for a CFO role?
1: Sure. Happy to talk about it. Um, I had a number of global finance positions in my career and giving me broad experience, including being sent to Siberia and Russia. So we can certainly talk about that. I worked for Ernst & Young. I worked for a managed venture capital fund in Central Asia. Became ultimately the CFO of a number of the uh, divisions of American Greetings Corporation, their interactor and in the digital groups, prior to becoming the CFO here at Undertone. So uh, a lot of global work, uh, and Ernst & Young has a very a special group that not as many people are familiar with that supports transaction uh, in the merger and acquisition area and we worked on a lot of privatization work in Eastern Europe, Latin America. I think one of my first assignments uh, I think was a privatization project of Balkan Airlines in Bulgaria and these are large scale you know, sales of uh, government-owned entities to the private sector. And then, as I half-jokingly said, we were went further east and Ernst and & Young sent me literally to Siberia, where we worked on a U.S. government-funded financing project with Boeing on an airport project in Novosibirsk. And uh, I went further east to Central Asia in Kazakhstan, where Ernst and & Young and other companies, uh, we managed uh, privatization of companies, transferring hundreds of companies uh, From government ownership into private ownership. And as a a young professional team of, I don't remember, six expats, 50 local staff members. So it was a great opportunity to actually learn how to manage global teams, work in decentralized, really multidisciplinary teams. And one of the things I learned was how difficult it is to assess many times financial value purely based on financial statements uh, because the environment, the macro environment, the currency was changing, the legal environment was changing. So you really had to get uh, a good sense for what is management, what are operations like and couldn't just look at the financial statements.
0: Well, Michael, this is a uh, very varied and interesting uh, path. Uh, to uh, becoming a finance leader, certainly not uh, the traditional path or the or the public accounting path.
1: <laughs> Correct. I came through the uh, the more of the the finance route uh, in terms of managing investments and then doing the CFA. Uh, I managed uh, ultimately a, a, a venture fund in Central Asia, and uh, with a group of analysts where you represent the board. So I don't have the traditional what many people have the audit. Uh, uh, trail and uh, you know went the other side of the of the finance area with a lot of operational finance background.
0: Michael, I'm visiting the uh, your site. Uh, Undertone site it has really a what I would call a startup vibe. But this uh, is this an early stage company?
1: It's not actually. It's a 15 year old uh, company uh, that has been uh, in the internet industry uh, for has gone through the history of the internet and is now actually a part of a publicly listed NASDAQ listed company it was acquired last year so we're part of Perion. and part of my position now here that we can talk about what is changing for this business is that we are going through the integration process of all the important things that you have to do when you go public so to speak and in this case it was not a transition over uh, year or two to prepare that, but with the day of the acquisition, you are part of a public company and you now have to bring all the processes up to speed very quickly uh, to be compliant, both on the GAP reporting side as well as Sarbanes-Oxley and other, of course, rules.
0: Wow. And when did that happen? And was that in the last year? Yep, all that of this? happened uh,
1: uh, at the end of last last year.
0: Now did you uh that you were aware this was going to happen for some time? I'm just wondering when you first joined the company, what was the type of role you were hoping to create for yourself and uh and of course, this latest chapter uh is 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 probably pretty challenging in a lot of ways
1: well it's a it's a fascinating process, and uh, I didn't mention that in in uh, my Prior, prior life, prior to joining Parion, which is the parent company of uh, of Undertone, I was CFO for 10 years at the American Greetings uh, uh, divisions that were interactive mobile e-commerce, which this business uh, is, of course, a digital business. And so you one of the things you have to look at very quickly is the business models in the digital world are very challenging for finance teams because they change rapidly. You have to adjust to them. You have to help the business uh, both on the accounting and the FPA, the financial planning and analysis side. and so this company um, I was I came from Perion and my job is to work with the existing finance team here to bring that integration uh, to you know, to together and we're upgrading a great deal of the systems. Implementing um, cloud-based accounting systems, NetSuite, and as I said, SOX compliance. And this is a global company, as, as you said. This is not. You asked whether this is a startup. This is a company that had already uh, established a presence in Israel, in the United Kingdom, and France previously. Has offices in Germany. Has made acquisitions previously. So it's really not a startup, but is now um is going to the next phase of being part of a public company that's really the the iteration now
0: so what are the the key metrics that you rely on uh to help you understand how the company's performing and given all of what you uh you have undertaken now with with this public entity owning the company mm-hmm.
1: so the digital world, as most people know, has a tremendous amount of data. And so you have to, you know, make sure that you focus on the right key metrics. For us, there is something called a uh, book to run, a BTR, which is a sales pipeline um, that we're looking at. We have a large sales force that works with big brands um, in American Express or Discover or BMW. So we sell to via the big agencies and we monitor those sales pipelines um, on a daily basis we have obviously a lot of operational metrics, you know, the margin analysis, but many, many operational uh, metrics that we that we monitor on a regular basis to see, you know, are we delivering on the sales side, on the operation side, in the in the overall uh, performance.
0: All right. So we, of course, uh, are frequently. Speaking to finance leaders these days about the customer experience, and not every uh, finance department is up to measuring customer interaction, but it sounds as though uh, this company is pretty sophisticated in terms of how it's using analytics and different tools. Are you measuring the customer experience uh, today, and what what does it mean to you when when we talk about a customer-centric finance?
1: So I, I always uh, divide finance in three distinct functions, right? There is the compliance function, there is the FP&A planning uh, function, and there is a your service provider. And, you know, many people look at compliance as finance, what we talked about, the gap accounting, bank compliance, tax reporting. But from my perspective, that's not the only part of finance. It's a really, of course, critical and important part. In the second part, the FP&A, you're starting to go much more in the direction where I feel finance is a business partner. Right? You're working with your colleagues or the divisions on projections. You're looking at the capital allocation. You're looking at the business analytics. And those things are becoming, I think, in all companies, but especially in digitally based companies, very critical. I mean, We're implementing Tableau, which many of your listeners will be familiar with. Um, uh, as, a, as one of the technologies to enhance, you know, what is, tends to be an Excel-centric world, but uh, they're much better systems nowadays. And then going from the, being a business partner, I look at the service provider, where the finance staff is really um, a service provider to the rest of the business and externally. And you know, what I I always tell people, remember, your colleagues are much more upset if you don't pay the expense report or if you don't get uh, an agreement approved or paid in the right instance than anything else you do in terms of preparing financial statements. So I think a finance group has the third function of being a service provider to the rest of the company or clients you know, and, and and customers externally that usually only interact with the the sales team or the operations teams.
0: Now, you mentioned Tableau. I think it's interesting. Now, it's visually impactful. Uh, these these types of applications, isn't? Uh, how do you view this tool, and why is it of value? Is it because you get to educate the rest of the organization in a more impactful way, the way it visually displays data, or? Uh, what would you tell us yeah
1: I mean I I think it's actually more than just I mean the visual is 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 very powerful and you know as we all say you know a picture is worth a thousand words right and uh, in finance we um, I think we're sometimes not so good in communicating our information you know we're we're all very number centric we're very used to Uh, heavy financial spreadsheets and printouts, but the rest of the business world is not necessarily. So Tableau is a great tool to present, but also to get insights, right? The way it allows you to analyze information, to make connections, because as I said earlier, the volume of data is so enormous today that uh, you really need better tools than from my perspective Excel to handle this. And we're in the very early stages of um, of implementing this um, the same way you know i feel generally technology automation is highly underutilized in most finance departments and you know including our own as i mentioned we're going into the cloud now i think there's generally a wave of technological enhancements that's coming into the finance department uh, in the next years and decades.
0: We always ask for an anecdote, like an aha moment, we call them, and this is just to reveal uh, how uh, finance is playing a larger strategic role, how finance is helping drive change, or how finance is helping you know the company pursue opportunities uh, in one way or another. Can you, can you share? Does anything come to mind when we ask for that moment of strategic insight when um, when finance has played an important role?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I always love this question. Uh, and uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I've done a lot of M&A work in my career, and uh you know, one of the experiences was an aha moment that developed over a number of months, but we bought a mobile tech company in Europe with you know, offices in Paris, London, Madrid, Bucharest, and so you first of all, you have all the international integrations and learning and knowing the local accounting. But more importantly, this company sold uh, ringtones. Those of us who are old enough may remember MIDI ringtones, that's uh, kind of an imitation of music on your handset. And that used to be a great product. It had a nice gross margin. It paid, you know, you paid 5 to 8% royalties to the songwriters, and then you shared maybe 30% with a mobile carrier. But it was a, not a bad business. We bought this company. And within an 18 months period, the technology of phones changed. It moved to what we all know today as, you know, real music, true tones at the time. And now the music labels wanted 50% of the revenue. The carriers took 40%, and we were stuck with a low-margin business. And from the acquisition to shutdown, it was 18 months. And, you know, I really learned, and this was in France with a headquarter, which is not an easy place to get in and out. And, you know, what it just epitomized for me was that in technology and in a digital world, as a finance department, you have to be incredibly agile. The speed with, in which technology changes and business model changes, and even international expansion is a lot more prevalent and faster many times than in more traditional manufacturing or retail businesses. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on finance departments, And I always say, you know, as a finance department, you're usually the first, at most the second in the business, but you're definitely the last one out when you shut down a company or a division. And so, you know, this was a real learning experience for me to see how the interplay between setting up operations, learning a business and, you know, technology just evaporating a business very quickly, how that affects you.
0: The last one's out. <laughs> That's that finance team. Let's let's ask you about building that team and, and the types of skills and experiences that need to be represented uh, as part of your finance team today.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of change uh, going on because, of course, the traditional finance person, we have very strong <coughs> CPAs, people that came through the public accounting world. And we have people that came, you know, on the FP&A side through this. So there's an important technical, you know, accounting uh, technical skill that you have to have. But I think, as we talked about the technology change, um, the automation, the cloud-based systems, um, I think that is something that finance is uh, finance people are struggling a little bit with. And um, there, I think there will be a need for people that. To develop a mindset and a skill set around integrating these new technologies um, much, much more. Uh, in general, I look for a very agile talent, right? A mindset of somebody who wants to grow, somebody who's been able, is able to be flexible and wants to learn in our type of uh, type of business. And we have a great, great talent in our group, you know, based on these kind of criteria.
0: So, Michael, forgive me, I don't want to labor this point, um, but I, I think it would be interesting to hear more about how you advanced in your career. And we have, of course, interviewed other executives with interesting backgrounds like yours that really touch on so many areas of finance, but is a separate track from uh, sort of the public accounting path, which so many CFOs seem to take. So just wondering if you could share a little more detail as to how you um, advanced in your career and the important experiences that you had on this path.
1: Yeah, I mean if you if you look at the traditional background of uh, of CFOs it was clearly that you know you you get your CPA you go through the public accounting route you go become controller and then to CFO and even you know 15 years ago when I had my first CFO position that you know I was a uh, that was the traditional path. I think you see a lot more people with my kind of background that come through more the the corporate development side many times because that relates to, of course, making financial assessments, understanding companies, what makes them succeed or fail. You make big financial decisions around investing, um, uh, uh, significant uh, capital outlays in acquisitions. And the CFO role has become you know, very broad and very diverse, and one of them is, of course, helping the CEO make strategic decisions. Where do we develop? And especially in fast-moving industries, um, you you have to turn very uh, you know very quickly. Um, if you if you think of global expansions, right, they require a lot of experience that um, may you may not get in your traditional path in a U.S.-centric accounting firm. You have to leave a country to get get those kind of experiences.
0: Yes, uh, but I want to get more specific here with you about the unique experiences your career has involved. And particularly, I'm hoping you can share with us a little bit about American Greetings in particular where you – you became CFO of a digital media division. And, and this was at a time when, when, let's face it, digital media was, was still in a very formative stage. Ameri- uh, I
1: mean, American Greetings, uh, like many traditional, um, let's say more mature companies, was really going through in the late 90s and early 2000s, how do you get a position in the digital world? And so we um, became the group that we added on a number of online greeting card companies that we acquired or built organically. And so it was a real um, uh, amazing process to be part of that shifting, you know, from pure big retail uh, dominated company to how do you bring your brand, how do you bring your product, how do you position yourself in the digital world? So we made, you know, a significant number of acquisitions both in the pure internet online greeting card space. We went into e-commerce photos. Uh, there was a digital property division. So it was a fascinating phase like many really established companies. And I think this is an ongoing process. Um, the business models as it is fit are so different and and challenging. And look at the newspaper industry today. I was changing um and so American Greetings has actually built successfully an online subscription model with 4 million subscribers at a time that nobody could have envisioned a few years earlier. That was a nice revenue stream and profitable that a traditional manufacturing company really uh, had acquired. And that took quite a bit of vision by the CEO of that division at the time uh, to add that on to a more traditional business.
0: I want to find out more about you in practical terms, and we have something called the mentoring round here, but I don't want to go right to the, the first question there. I want to ask you more about your your management style, uh, Michael. How do you, uh, when you collaborate with uh, finance team members, how, how would you characterize your own style? It seems like you're pretty approachable. Um, what sets you apart? So
1: I don't know whether it sets me apart but you know I'm of German origin so there is uh, there's quite a bit of structure inside me and uh, organization in that respect so you know I have uh, a structure that I have one-on-ones with my most of my directory uh, reports on a regular basis or colleagues you know you in the finance role you collaborate uh, a great deal with um the legal department or the head of HR these are really your integral um, business partners. So it's not just your direct reports, but it's your peers that are very that, that play a, an amazingly important role for a successful uh, management role. So I think being in touch with your peers and other parts of the operation is equally important for a successful CFO than just the finance function itself. So I have regular in terms of direct management. I have regular one-on-one my staff uh, internationally we use video i'm a big fan of video environments because it, it allows you to interact a little bit more um, if your colleagues are in we our headquarters in israel we have, a, have an office as i mentioned in europe so there's a lot of that um, i'm you know i'm a fairly i i hope or i i think my my colleagues would say that i give people quite a bit of run rate to do their job. I'm not trying to do anybody's job. My job is to help people uh to get their work done, to remove obstacles, to get resources, um whether they're people resources or technology or help from others. That's how I view my my role in terms of managing my team. Um I I hope that I uh, that I spend a good amount of time on looking out for people's and my staff's development because I, I do believe, you know, in a in a fast paced uh company, both from a technology perspective, but also in mean, the accounting world is changing uh rapidly that uh ongoing development is is a very important part for a company to retain the right staff and also for professionals to be satisfied with where they are and uh how they can progress.
0: So what's exciting you today when you think of finance and business? What, what is it that uh, excites you?
1: I love the intersection and the movement around technology coming into finance. You know, I, I, I deeply believe that, fin- that finance has not brought technology to, into the operations as it should and needs to and there are many reasons for that um but uh, i i like that intersection i mean uh in the in the marketing world technology plays a much bigger role today and much more has happened than from my perspective in tech corporate technology management and so i love that uh, change and uh, to to make processes Better, more efficient, higher quality, you bring the costs down, you can increase speed. And I, I I'm really I find this challenging, interesting intellectually and, and operationally.
0: Now, do you have a, a personal habit that you believe has contributed to your professional success? And you already might have uh, hinted at uh, your nature to be organized, but is there a personal habit? uh, that you believes contributed to your professional success? I was
1: going to say listening to your podcast, but, uh, well, shocks, but (laughs) no, and I, I, you know, I'm, I think part of it is, uh, I, I, I hope that I'm always learning, right. And joking aside, podcasts are a terrific source for people to learn. Uh, webinars are a great source. I think there is, um, there's too many times too little, um, interaction between, um, Companies and functional groups to actually learn from each other's experiences because we all have, we have the same functional problems, you know, integrating uh, payments or implementing sarbanes Oxley uh, has, you know, you know, has, everybody has similar challenges, even if we're uh, com- maybe competitive. You know, I always say coopetition is a good word in today's economy. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, being always out there to look at better solutions, which may be a platitude, is you know something that I enjoy and hopefully contributes to my skill set. And, uh, you know, interacting with your staff and with the employees and learning how the company actually works and what makes the company tick outside your core finance function, I think, is really important to be successful in finance today.
0: Now, is there a book you'd recommend uh, to aspiring finance leaders? Anything come to mind?
1: Uh, There's a lot of books that I love. The one that I tell a lot of people they should read is by Ben Horowitz. It's called The Hard Things About Hard Things. And uh, Ben Horowitz is now is one of the partners in Andreessen Horowitz, a large venture firm on the West Coast. And he writes, uh, he was an entrepreneur, he started a company. And he describes what it takes to build a large company and both from the entrepreneurial and management perspective and i think it's a very insightful honest book that uh, you know besides the glory that entrepreneurship has how challenging it is to build a successful business and so that's a book i recommend to quite a few people
0: okay i love that choice i think it was only mentioned once before on the on the podcast Hey, we're coming up to our final question where we ask Michael about his finance priorities. But first, some words from our sponsor. You want smart? of year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Okay, our final question. What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months?
1: So for for us being now part of a public company, it's just very important to be uh Uh, implementing processes that are very efficient for a global company that has uh, many offices around the world and uh, be up to speed uh, in closing, you know, really the. Bread and butter of finance, closing processes, compliance, public audits. Uh, so that is really the um, side, the part on the accounting side, uh, where I mentioned we're, we're in the process of launching systems like have launched adaptive planning, NetSuite, So all that side and on the FP&A side, we're bringing systems like Tableau up. To into the company, both as a skill set and as a technology. So from an analytical skill set, how do you, how do you utilize those, um, those systems best? And from a technology side, how do you, you know, get the right data into the, the right places so that people have access to digital dashboards that they can drill down? So we have two, we have a parallel agenda which is making sure that we're fully buttoned up and uh, as efficient as possible on the global accounting side, that includes treasury, and then on the on the analytical side to bring the next set of tools in to give better, faster information to the rest of the business to do their job better.
0: Michael Waxman-Lenz, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader.
1: It was a great pleasure. Thank you.
0: Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. At CFO Thought Leader, we wanted to give you, the listener, some added clout when it comes to selecting next season's CFO guests. We call it listener's choice. And in the months ahead, our listener's choice guests will enjoy some added box office clout as we advance the CFOs you most want to hear from into next season's CFO lineup. To learn more about CFO Thought Leader's listener's choice, visit us at cfothoughtleader.com or go ahead and email me at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. Hey, one last thing. It's no secret when we originated CFO Thought Leader, it was with iPhone users in mind. Android users, we have neglected you. And so to make amends... We just released a CFO Thought Leader mobile app just for you. It's now ready for download on Google Play and Amazon Android Markets. No matter what world you're part of, thank you for listening.